Hey there. Welcome to another episode of Uncommon Knowledge. I'm Jennifer, and this episode is part three of my four-part series on the four agreements. I'm going to talk today about what I think is probably the most complex of the four agreements, but probably the most important one. I do talk about in previous episodes that they kind of build on each other. And if you start by applying the first one, which is, as a quick review, to be impeccable with your word, which means to be honest, to be truthful, to use words that are edifying both to others and to yourself, and to be committed to being truthful in the words that you speak. The next one, the second one is, it's not personal. Don't take things personally. What other people's choices are and their behaviors and how they respond to you or life around them is not personal. It's about them. And what is personal is you and your choices and how you respond to things. So building upon that, we have don't make assumptions. And I want to start with how the word assumption is defined. It is defined as a thing that is accepted as true or as certain to happen without proof. And I'd venture to change one word in that to really give it the passion with which I think we embrace and live out that word. I'd change accepted to believed. So for me, it's a thing that is believed as true or as certain to happen without proof. And I think the key pieces in this definition are that believed, that accepted element of it, and the without proof. So it's something that we believe or accept without proof. We tend to make assumptions about all sorts of things, and they are all problematic. But the most dangerous, I believe, is when we make assumptions about people. And that includes assumptions we make about ourselves. So this most often occurs because we don't ask enough questions or seek clarification or because we're avoiding judgment or vulnerability by not sharing our true desires and feelings with others. And I get it. I absolutely get it. I'm guilty of this as much as anybody else. Because asking for clarification and and being honest about what we want or need or think can be frightening Exposing your vulnerability to somebody by either admitting that you don't understand something or exposing someplace that you have an insecurity on is is terrifying at some point because you are. You're risking the vulnerability of that person's judgment of you. Now, in doing that, you are also making the assumption that that person is going to judge you. See? See how convoluted this is? See how complicated and all mixed up? I often equate the other agreements as like wagon wheels. There's a central theme and then there's these spokes that connect out and all the ways that we apply these that agreement in, in our lives or don't apply it. This one for me is so much more like a spider web because it starts getting so mucky. So, you know, complicated really is just the word. I, I'm at loss for words for thinking about it because there are so many different ways. We make assumptions by making assumptions about assumptions. (laughs) We make assumptions about what other people are going to do based on the assumption of what we think they're going to do. And it gets tricky because our brains are hardwired to close the gaps. And so if we're not giving them 
giving our brains that information by asking for clarification or if we are not imparting the information to others to allow them to have the information, right? Being our, speaking our truths, saying our wants, then we are creating these needs for our brains to close the gap. And if we're encountering a gap or a misunderstanding, right? Because that's what a misunderstanding would be. There's some information and then there's your comprehension of it and the two are separated by the void of, of not understanding. So if we have those things and we don't actively communicate or ask questions, our brains will close the gap for us. Our brains cannot handle the lack of continuity. Our brains cannot handle a gap. So we will, we will make it happen. And there are so many different ways you can see scientifically proven how our brains do it. We do it visually. If we see, there's all the kinds of memes where you'll see that you read something and you don't realize it's got the word the in there twice because your brain closed the gap on that. Your brain recognized that there were two these, that there didn't need to be the second one and skipped right over it. So we will close that gap. The thing we close it with doesn't even have to be the truth. It just needs to be there. And that's terrifying (laughs) because think of all the many, many ways that your brain can invent a gap closer. If it's not true, we will convince ourselves that it is true. We will make it true. We will start finding every justification in the book to make it true. And we will even make up some justifications to make it true. We will see what we want to see and we will hear what we want to hear. So think about the chaos that we're creating for others, for ourselves, (laughs) and the drama, the fights, the disappointment, just the hurt feelings in general, right? Because think about the fact that if you make an assumption and that assumption says that somebody's going to do something and then they don't do it, you are disappointed and then you are hurt. And you are taking it personally. See, brought it all around again there. So let's look at it from, let's start going from the the biggest application, kind of bring it in. In general, we make assumptions by believing that others think the way we do, that they feel the way we do, that they judge the way we do, and that they react the way we do. This is really dangerous because you are not only setting yourself up for hurt and disappointment and all kinds of things. You're setting somebody else up. The world does not think the way that I think. (laughs) Truthfully, most likely, to the 100% truth, I'm the only one who thinks the way I think. I may think things that are similar or in alignment with others. I may have close friends who do the same things that I do. I may know people who feel the same way that I do about things. But it is not going to be in every instance, every thought, every action, every feeling, because there is no one else like you. Like I said, there are people who think similarly to you. We have to let go of that mentality that people think the way we think, that they behave and feel the way we do. And really, this kind of covers the aspect of people don't even know the things that we know. There is no um, common knowledge in the sense that there is no one thing that every person in this world knows, okay? So we have to stop making the assumption that people think like we do, feel like we do, 
act like we do, judge like we do, love like we do, anything like we do, all right? So if you want to bring it now, a little bit step in, let's bring it in and think about relationships, okay? So we're just coming in, not even now necessarily into romantic or, or, or close relationships, but just relationships in general. When you bring it into that level, now we're interacting on a one-on-one basis, especially if it's somebody who is, let's say, for example, in a romantic relationship with you. You start to make assumptions that this other person knows you so well that they're going to, on their own, because of their knowledge, know exactly what you need, what you feel, what you want, what you like, what you're interested in, simply because they quote unquote know you. And based on that assumption, we will elect to not share our wants, our needs, our thoughts. Because again, they are just supposed to know us. So therefore, they are supposed to act accordingly in relation to us. Man, when they don't, boy, does the trouble start to to flow to the top. Have you ever been in a relationship where you said you should have known that? How unfair is that? But look at that. What an example of an assumption it is. I've said it. I've said to somebody, you should have known. You should have known that was important to me. You should have known that that was going to hurt my feelings. Really? Why? Well, because I've made the assumption that they know what I want. And because I've made that assumption, I have elected to not communicate specifically what I want. So I haven't been impeccable with my word. I haven't been direct and honest with them about what I want or need. And I have made the assumption that they are going to know that. And when they didn't or don't, I take it personally. See, but I'm all back around again. Like if you've listened to, I think it's the mask podcast of mine where I, I, I mentioned the time that I'd been supposed to have a special date with the person I was seeing at that time and a business event came up. And in that episode, I talk about the fact that rather than share with my partner that my feelings were hurt or that I was upset, I just chose to pick a fight with them because being angry was easier than being vulnerable. That's also a good example of assumptions because in that moment, in that situation, I made the assumption that the business was more important than me or that the business event was more important than the relationship. And that was an unfounded assumption. The business event might have been prioritized over an activity with me in that particular moment, but it was not more important than me. But because I chose not to share, not to be impeccable with my word, I allowed assumptions to occupy my brain on that. I allowed my brain to close the gap in that situation. I then also experienced hurt feelings over it, taking it personally. One of the other things that I thought of is just kind of a funny way to do these things, but it's a great example of how easily we make assumptions, right? Every one of you who is at least my age or older remembers days before cell phones. I don't know about you, but my mom would tell me when I was going places that I needed to call her as soon as I got there. And I get it. Now as a parent, I understand there's that safety factor wanting to know that person you care about arrived safely where they were going, especially as I was a young driver, right? That's got to be terrifying. I'm telling you, I'm not looking forward to in four years when my kid is driving, but we'll get through it when we get there. But 
this simple thing. My mother made the assumption that if I didn't call in the time frame that she expected it would take me to get there, her assumption was that I was lying in a ditch dead somewhere. She went from zero to 60. I didn't call because I was lying in a, in a ditch dead somewhere. <laughs> and that's it. I poke at it. I poke fun at it to make light of it. But that's how quickly and fast and to the severity that we make assumptions. There are a million reasons why I could have been delayed in in calling. Only one or a few of them might have, you know, been because I was laying dead in a ditch somewhere. But we make that assumption. We so quickly take that on. We close that gap because our brains can't handle not having an answer. Uh, we make assumptions because our friends decline an invitation that they don't like us. Rather than stop and ask maybe if there's something that came up or could they do a different time or these things, we just go immediately to, well, they declined the invitation, so they must not like me. They must not enjoy doing that kind of stuff. They must not want to hang out with me. Any other thing. And then again, what does that lead to? Hurt feelings, right? Because we've taken it personally. Whereas if we would just take on the extra step, the vulnerability of explaining or asking for more information, maybe we'd find out that they had a commitment or I don't know, maybe we ask them to do something that they're terrified of. I don't know. There's all kinds of things. You ask them to go bungee jumping and they're like freaked out about that, but they don't want to tell you that they're freaked out about it. So they just decline the offer. Who knows? But when you leave it up to the assumption, to the gap closing brains, you set yourself up for all kinds of issues, for all kinds of chaos. And a lot of times we'll make assumptions on past experiences. I have a really good friend that has also read this book. And he and I were kind of discussing what are kind of some of the assumptions that we've made in our lives. And he shared one that I thought was very interesting because I think we all tend to do it. Our past colors what we expect for our future or what we're looking at. We make these assumptions about our future, what the possibilities are, based on our past experiences. And for him, one that I thought was really unique and interesting, and I think one that we can all maybe identify with, is that a past relationship colored his expectations for the future. I am so guilty of doing this one myself. He had previously been married and gotten divorced and was coming back to a town that he'd kind of grown up in. And because of his experience in that previous relationship, its origin story, what had happened, the fallout of the relationship and all of that, his assumption was that in moving back to this city, that he was not going to find somebody who was able to hold a conversation with him and not just a conversation, but an ongoing dialogue. He was concerned that he was not, that because of his past experience, he was not going to find an individual who was capable, was intelligent enough to hold a dialogue with him that was going to see him through to old age, right? He allowed that past experience to color his future expectations. Now, he was able to drop his assumptions. And that's probably because he met his match. <laughs> and I mean that in all ways. The woman he met is literally just so incredibly smart and engaging and just awesome. And in every way, something that is compelling him, pulling him forward. She is absolutely the yin to, to his yang. And he was able to see her for all of those things because he dropped his assumptions. And I'm really, really glad he did because 
Um, they're amazing together and they have a great life and a wonderful kid and I love having them in my life. So what about in business? We've talked a little bit about personal. How, how do we do this in business and, and maybe what are some of the impacts, right? So as a recruiter, I could make many, many, many assumptions about candidates from intention to commitment to what their resume says about them to how they present themselves to the ways they do or don't answer what questions I have for them. I think that this is actually one of the, the four agreements that's it's most imperative for me to live out in my career. Just because as a recruiter, I must ask questions. I cannot make assumptions. I can't assume because it's taking you three days to go and do your drug test that you are somehow a deviant and <laughs> waiting to have something come out of your system. I live a very jaded life in that regard. I also can't assume that because you put on your resume that you've had this experience, that you've actually had that experience. I can't assume that because you're um, got a very, let's say, experienced background, career, that you wouldn't be a good fit for maybe a more entry-level position. I can't make an assumption about why you're choosing to leave one industry and go to another. I have to ask questions. I have to dig in. I have to poke in those really uncomfortable places. I have to operate in a way that doesn't allow me to make assumptions. I think that's actually why I'm most drawn to recruiting. It's because I, I naturally ask a lot of questions. Mostly, I'm, I'm curious about the, the world around me. I ask those kind of questions. When I encounter people who do things or have lived past that I have no experience with, I want to know all the things. I'm less versed in that when it comes to <laughs> communicating my truth, um, communicating my wants, my needs, my thoughts. Um, that one is the aspect that I have to, to apply it most in. But we can also make assumptions in how we read emails from our coworkers. We can interpret a short reply to mean that they're unhappy or maybe they're a mean person or maybe they're mad. Maybe they're mad at us for asking. When the reality is maybe they, maybe they wanted to get us back an answer quickly. Um, maybe they're busy and they didn't want to neglect us. So they just got back with us with the pertinent information. Maybe they're like me and very task oriented. So for me, it's a trying to honor you by being about my business and communicating just the facts to you or whatever it is that you needed. And if you're in sales, a friend of mine talks about the fact that you could interpret or assume that people aren't replying to your emails because they aren't interested. And really, they maybe they just didn't open it. Maybe they are swamped right now and it's completely gotten overlooked and buried in the bottom of 9,000 emails. Or maybe it didn't even reach their inbox. If I assume that because somebody sent me back a terse reply or um, because people aren't responding to my sales emails, if I assume that they're mean, angry, disinterested, just a jerk, <laughs> I am now coloring my perception of that, right? I'm now missing out maybe even on opportunities or I'm potentially damaging relationships, particularly if you think in the terms of the coworkers and that communication. I need to start with the, the perspective of, I need to ask questions, I need to follow up with. Now, I need to choose the right time frame to do it when it might not be appropriate to just fire off a snarky email in response. It might be appropriate for me to next time I see them be like, hey, 
how you doing? Is everything okay? How's work going? And dig into that to kind of discover if maybe they were just off, especially if it's a really strange or out of sync with how they character, how they normally reply to you. So now let me transition. Let's look inward and look at how when we make assumptions about ourselves that we impact that process for ourselves. You can make assumptions in both good and bad ways about yourself. You can make the assumption that you're going to fail, that you're not going to succeed, that you're not going to be good at something. You can also make the assumption that you are going to be good at something. You can overinflate your abilities. You can also overinflate the nature in which you choose to act. And what do I mean by that? You can overinflate your intentions. And you do this by not being honest about your feelings. You can overinflate and say, oh, I was just being kind. Oh, I just, I was just curious about something. No, were you just curious or were you potentially, were you worried that somebody was not honoring you or were you worried that somebody was going to judge you or were you worried that something was going to happen and your feelings were going to get hurt? Were you worried that somebody was going to get something that you wanted for yourself? Were you worried that somebody else was going to be recognized and you weren't? So our motives, our intentions, we can make assumptions about. We can assume that we're acting with the the best of intents. We can also assume that we're Superman. And the reality is maybe we're not. We need to be honest with ourselves and our capabilities. It's a fine line though between pushing it too far the other way and over-criticizing, over-censoring. We don't know if we're gonna fail at something and we shouldn't assume we're gonna fail at something. This is where, again, it comes into to play to ask questions. And that sounds silly, I think, maybe to talk about asking questions of yourself, but you know, because so many times people talk about the fact that if you talk to yourself and have conversations with yourself, you're crazy. But the reality is you've got to stop and ask the questions of motivation and more importantly than bringing it back to, to agreement number one, you've got to be impeccable with your truth. You've got to be impeccable with your word. You've got to say what you mean and mean what you say. And if you ask yourself a tough question, you ask yourself a question about your motives or about your capabilities or about your feelings, your wants, your needs, your desires, you need to answer honestly. You can't be afraid of the truth. You've got to answer honestly because that is the only way that you are also then going to bring that truth out into the world that you're going to be able to live out again by starting internally, not making assumptions with yourself, asking the questions to get under all of the possible layers of fluff and distraction, lies, half-truths, over-harsh expectations, and then start to pour that out into the rest of the world, into your relationships, your business interactions. But like the other two before this one, if you can start living this one out, you will experience a freedom. Your life will be more free from worry, from fights, from chaos, from drama. Um, If you're bringing your truth, you're being impeccable with your word, you're communicating clearly, making sure that others have the opportunity to understand what you need, want, think, feel, etc. And you stop assuming about what others are thinking, feeling, doing, wanting, and you start asking very directly for that information. You are able to start to have relationship actually with people, true relationship with people that's free from chaos, that's free from drama. So 
that is what I have for you in this episode. It's challenging, I know. It's one that I still actually probably wrestle with the most of, of all four. I probably say that every every episode, don't I? Um, <laughs> because the truth is, you know, this this one is a challenge because it's so easy. It's so easy to close into ourselves. It's just easier sometimes. And I think that's also a misnomer too because it's really not. The hurt and the work that it causes from being a pinball is more destructive and damaging than if I just took charge in my own life. But if you're out there struggling with this, just know you're not alone. And again, I encourage you to pick up this book. It's very short, it's a quick read, and it is one of a handful that I would say has dramatically impacted my life. Until next episode, be well, and thanks for listening. (laughs) 